Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. And welcome. You're listening to the One Tough Mother and the One Tough Brother Show. Mm. Ooh, ooh. And we're here for you today. Seth has a very sexy um, uh, turtleneck situation going on there. I had to get here early, so I just threw on whatever I could throw on quickly. Okay, well, it matches yeah. because it's black and black. So yes. good job. I'm back in black. Oh, you're back in black. Um, yeah, so I, I looked at him and said, oh, is that turtleneck gripping your neck? But you said, no, you're getting a cold. I'm fine. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so give me an idea of what went on with you this week. Oh, the storm? Yeah, I can't actually... Um, because um, Taz, you know Taz, the wrestler, he, he's been doing mornings at on CBS Sports, but also continuing his podcast. So if he can come to work from Long Island, I had to come here to record his show. So I said, told him, I said, as long as the trains are running, I'm coming. So I got on like a 714 train from my town, and uh, I got in here not bad. I got here quickly, wow. actually. But um, the walk from the train station to here, the snow is uh, pelting my eyeballs. Yeah. Literally, literally, literally no, no. in my eyes. I get you. Like you have to walk with your head straight down. It was still finding its way there. Uh, the way back was just a nightmare, just getting home. And then I had to get home and fight with my neighbor, and then I had a shovel. Are you still fighting with your neighbor? Well, it's funny. I saw her shoveling. She was just shoveling the bare minimum to get out of her, get out. She wasn't actually doing any of the stuff we're responsible to do. Right. Um, so I, I was going to ignore her, let it go. And then I stopped. I was like, wait a minute. I look around the other side. I was like, that's my shovel. So I walked over to her said, you could use my shovel. Just please stop stealing my mail. <laughs> and then just kind of like yeah yeah that just opened up a whole thing and ended up turning into a screaming match which was fun um neighbors from four houses away heard uh they they wrote, reached out to see if everything was okay yeah uh, um yeah, a lot of frustration got but the good thing is i had so much adrenaline i shoveled like an animal i was just like hundreds <laughs> of pounds of snow i was chucking it like i threw it back up into the heavens it went back i think it landed in china it landed in my house yes i'm like you know i live with mailman manager mom and she's you know 81 so i was like ma you go not to shovel? <laughs> That's exactly what I say every there. time. Yeah, what do you, you think Brent's free? No, she, I'm like always teasing her. And um, no, you know, it was, we had not that much snow. We had a little more ice. It was like snow, then ice, then, then some more ice on top of it, and snow on top of that, That's, which is such a freaking pain. I, had, I, have to, I live in a corner house, so I had to do the sidewalks. Big oh. long sidewalks, too. Yeah. And we have a big driveway in our house, too. Yeah, I have a big driveway, too. Yeah, so uh, uh, the salt worked well, though. 
I salted everything and everything was pretty clear after that. Oh, okay then. Yeah. You got it you got it going on. I got it done. Well, today I've got this great guest. Wait until you hear about this guest. You're gonna love this woman. It's Dr. Shauna. It and it's do- If you love her, I love her. Oh, that's so kind yeah. of you. It's um, Dr. Sean Duperin, and she is a good gossip research and speaker with her PhD in gossip. Believe it or not, PhD in gossip. How do you get a doctorate in gossip? I don't know, but numerous Emmy Awards. Dr. Sean is considered by many to be one of the most innovative consultants and trainers in communication today. You've seen the six-time Emmy winner featured in major media, including CNN, ABC, Inc. Magazine, and USA Today. As a scholar, Dr. Sean's experience is leading edge. Applying gossip theory, which blows my mind, she implemented strategies that caused the nonprofit Project Forgive to go viral, garnering an endorsement from the Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Can you believe that? And, and Impressive. She, yeah, and the honor of a Nobel Peace Prize nomination for her work on global forgiveness. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Dr. Sean Duperin. Hello, Dr. Sean, and thank you so much for being on our show today. I was so excited to have you on. I well, can't... you know what? I, I'm tickled to be here, too, and I am one tough, tough mother. You are one tough mother. <laughs> and I, I, I believe, if I'm not wrong, you're in beautiful downtown, balmy Michigan, where it's warm and cuddly. Not. <laughs> not. <laughs> and you know what's funny, though? When it gets really cold, it just deeply makes me appreciate where I live because we have all those four seasons and the snow is just exquisitely beautiful. So I'm good. So you're, you know what, you're like me. So people are like, oh, can you take this? The thing I don't like is ice. I don't like the ice. I'm not a big fan of the ice, but I love the snow. I actually lived in Hawaii for five years and I really missed seasons i did so i like the northeast i mean you live i i feel like the difference in seasons is just beautiful plus my husband cuddles me more it's nicer oh yeah that that's there's your benefit right there (laughs) so dr sean before we get going into the interview i need a little bit of your backstory you've really got to give me a little bit of juice out there my backstory well you know uh, i'm a former news hound i worked in news for a long time Oh. And, um, and you know, one of the things that I saw working in news, because I worked at ABC and NBC, is that I really wanted to make a difference for people. And they would call up with these beautiful, exquisite, gorgeous stories, and they'd never make it on the air. And they wouldn't make it on the air because if you're a weirdo on the phone, like nervous or weird, you're certainly not going to be interviewed on television and it became my mission to get those beautiful things on the air. That's a big part of what makes me tick and makes me happy. That is really cool because you're right. You're right. When they call in, because they're not they're not used to doing what we do every day. They they have yeah. nervous voices or they're they're stammering a little bit, and the ne- next thing you know, they never get heard. That's sad too. Yeah. Because you're right. There's beautiful, unbelievable stories out there, which is why I have you on the air because the same as yeah, I. totally get it. So let me get into Dr. Sean. Can you please explain to us, because this blew my mind, what qualifies you for a doctorate in gossip? I mean, (laughs) believe me, honey, I know a ton of people who could get this, okay? But what do you have to do to have a doctorate in gossip? I totally hear what you're saying. And you know what? There's only about 100 of us in the world that have this expertise. And it's in the genre of communication. So my PhD is in communication, 
gossip is an interpersonal communication. And usually when you think gossip, you think mean and nasty. That's what comes up, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. But you know this, especially when, you know, when I look at the title of your show, One Tough, One Tough Mother. You got it. Just the, the title of it is gossipable. People <laughs> gossip about it. Because <laughs> it's so exquisite. It's fun. And the research shows that that mean, nasty stuff is a very small percentage of our conversations. It's about 5 to 7% that we're actually lovely, exquisite human beings. So I took on gossip because of generating and causing in gossip theory messages that really make a difference. And that's how I got all involved in all that forgiveness stuff. Oh, and but gossiping, it's, it's a form of storytelling too, right? I mean, oh, it sure is. it's yeah. part of what we do. It's it's part of what, how we communicate as human beings, you know, yeah, telling and stories. You and I are doing it right now. It's a co-creation. We're creating an energy. We're creating a conversation. Gossip is a co-creation that bonds us, that has us go deeper into intimacy. There's some exquisite, beautiful things about it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's good to look at it that way. And I want the listeners to think of it that way. It's not always dirt. It's not always the dirt and the, and the bad and yeah. the and the ugly. So yep, six Emmy awards. Wow! <laughs> Congratulations. I'm uh, I'm not worthy. Please tell me what they were for. Uh, you know, um, I was I as a television producer. I'm probably most well known as a television producer prior to all this forgiveness stuff that came out, and um, I was known as the touch, move, and inspire lady. So I would take on documentaries that would shift your perceptions around things. Like I I did a documentary on cancer, and this was, gosh, this one was probably about 15 years ago when cancer was still a death sentence, and I took it on, the topic on, as it doesn't have to be a death sentence, and got these amazing doctors to come on camera, and some of them cried about their patients that they missed, that they lost. It was so healing, and that won several Emmys. Another one, um, documentary, is on ju- federal judge Damon J. Keith. He's like a modern-day Thurgood Marshall uh-huh. and just a brave soul, and I got to follow him around for a couple of years. I also won some uh, national Emmys for um, some uh, public service announcements, specifically around cancer. Yeah, that that's amazing because you know one tough mother we do a lot with women in cancer not just women but it is yeah actually it is mostly women that call in and a lot of them breast cancer and um my girlfriend is um a doctor and she has um she ran the uh department for a hospital OBGYN department and I called her and I was like Lise like what's going on like why are so many young women getting breast cancer now because I thought cancer was like able to be stopped a little bit more better controlled and I, it's just like, what do you, and what is your theory on that? Is it, everybody has a different theory. What do you think? You know, uh, mine's, it's so interesting. Mine's more that it's about our personal journeys to have us grow, whatever that looks like. That's cool. And it's funny that you're even talking about this because I have a, a mother and a father, both in fourth stage cancer. Mm-hmm. I also have one sister. I just have one sister and she's in fourth stage cancer. And so is her husband. So all primary people in my life right now have fourth stage cancer. And don't get me wrong, this has been, this is actually is a exonified one tough mother. I, uh, I actually just signed up recently for support groups around having family members with cancer because some days my chest is so heavy, you know. Oh my goodness, and, um, yeah. I believe though, I really do. I believe deity, God, however you want to look at the universe, 
they don't give us more than we can handle, and they are oh that we're always being prepared for what's next. And um, boy, I must be being prepared for something exquisite. Yeah, wow, you're gonna really get it, babe. You're gonna get something great. Yeah. And I'm sorry to hear that. I have a girlfriend who's battling right now, and I've had several friends that have battled and lost. That's why I, one of the reasons I started with One Tough Mother. And um, I'll tell you what, really? it's just I didn't know that. Yeah, That's it's beautiful. It's yeah. crazy. In fact, I've just got to tell you a quick story that nobody really knows. Not even Seth, my producer. This just happened. A woman that yeah. had a double mastectomy. Um, young woman, little kids wrote that she can't get her, her hormone therapy, hasn't been able to get it for six months. Um, her insurance kept saying pending, pending, pending for six months. I said to her, let me reach out to my network. I have a huge network and, and they're wonderful people. I reached out to my network. Not only did the head of the insurance company of another in another state call and say, I will call the insurance company for you and get this taken care of. Other women reached wow. out in the industry saying, we can help you, we will help you. Then a very wealthy business owner reached out and said i'd like to help this family financially wow that wow. all happened like in the last week so what we're doing you know what? yeah that's is, exquisite that is classic gossip theory right there right classic. right and it's helping people exquisite. and just it's wonderful so let's talk about your fabulous project which it just blows my mind that 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 you did this and it's so and it went so viral and it's so deserving. It's the Project Forgive Foundation. Tell me about that. It's so funny. So if someone would have told me even five years ago that I was going to start a foundation, I would say, "Screw you! I am so not doing that. I am having a blast. I'm having a riot. No freaking way." And exactly what you're saying happened. It went so viral that it actually commanded attention. And so the foundation is, everything we do in the foundation is free. We have tons of resources on our website. We make the most difference for kids at risk and veterans. And we really focus on that mental health aspect, helping veterans in business, looking at kids at risk through probation officers. We're really training probation officers because they have the highest touch point with these kids at risk in the juvenile justice system. Right. And, you know, non-technically, I like to say we're simply loving everyone up, teaching them high skill sets in communication. And to me, forgiveness is the highest skill set that exists in communication. And such a hard one. Such a, such a hard one. It's complicated. It, it, and tell me, tell us the story about how this got started. Yeah. You know, there were several pieces. And, you know, as a trainer, a speaker, and a consultant, forgiveness has always been a big piece of for me, mostly because I am I was molested as a child, and I did a lot of work around that. And, um, you know, a lot of times when I say that word out loud, you know, molestation, you know, people like, take a breath. <gasps> It's, right. it's all good, okay? Is it okay if I talk about this? No, no, you know what? I'm so honored right now that you are talking about this. I can't even tell you, so please continue. Uh, oh, I'm so glad. You know, it's funky because I really believe that we don't get stuff that we can't handle, and I certainly wouldn't wish like this kind of abuse on anyone. And at the same time, as a 53-year-old grandmother, I have turned into, with all my forgiveness work that I've done, I'm probably one of the most compassionate, kindest people you will ever meet. And if it weren't for this happening for me, which I like to say it happened for me rather than to me, there'd be no project forgive. So we did a little video. It went viral. Of course, I'm a television producer, right? Right, right. Both viral. And using gossip theory, we made it go viral. And then it became obvious we had to start a foundation. And uh, it's exquisite. Progressive companies 
support us. Philanthropists support us. We, you know, we don't charge anything for our services. Our Facebook lives reach, gosh, tens of thousands of people, and our social reaches millions. It, it's amazing to me, and I'll tell you what, it ripped my heart out about the father that lost his family. It yeah. really, really hit me because a number one, most of my family are either military or cops. So my son is my brother just retired as chief and my son is a police officer so they get to make these horrific calls when something horrible happens and um, tell them that story real quick. I will and it was actually what jump-started Project Forgive. A really dear family friend his name is Gary his family was killed by a drunk driver his wife and two kids and the reason this was so impactful for us is the kid, my kids babysat in Gary's kids, oh. and my the wife that was killed, Judy, she was my husband's business coach. So you can imagine it was it was a tough day, and then it just got it took such a huge twist when we found out later that day that the man who killed them was also a dear friend. And it's oh. like whoa! I remember even every time I say it here and I get goose pimples. Yeah, because that to me was just the catalyst for something amazing to happen because both families truly are amazing human beings and so sharing that story um boy and gary sharing about him being a bold contribution to the planet for having that happen for him just it caused ripples of good gossip across the world from media coverage and social and and the foundation was born it's amazing and dr sean a nobel peace prize nomination and being supported by arch arch Bishop Desmond Tutu, you must have been blown away. You know what? And just like how you talked about your story that happened last week, helping that late that woman that you were talking yeah. about, that's exactly how it evolved with Archbishop Desmond Tutu and with getting nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Because so many people are being impacted by these authentic, straight, no BS conversations around forgiveness. Screw that forgive and forget stuff. Oh, my God, that is that. so that is much so my mantra. I always say the forgive and forget. It's not even possible. You have to move somewhere further within forgive and forget. Oh, that's, that's such a surface conversation. It's so inauthentic. Forgiveness is such a beautiful experience of a human being. And, you know, there's many stages to forgiveness. And I saw that Archbishop Desmond Tutu saw it. I saw that the committee for the Nobel Peace Prize saw what we were doing was such a service to the planet, and that's why we were honored. And it's just, it's like crazy fun what's happening. And, um, you know, we got a movie coming out this year, a free documentary. That's my latest project that'll, that should be finished and sometime soon. It'll show up on Facebook because so much is changing on Facebook now. It's so cool. I you know. know, I can watch episodes on Facebook, and, of course, we'll probably put it on PBS. And uh, and if folks just hang out at our Facebook page, they'll find out when all that stuff is available. And it's still free downloads. Everything we do is free. That is the nice, that is the coolest thing. And you're right, because like all of a sudden, I mean, I started One Tough Mother six years ago, but then to have it on air was has only been six months. I can't even tell you the amount of unbelievable, incredible women who are stepping up to the plate saying, hey, I'll do an interview. I mean, powerful, powerful women that are willing yeah. to share their life lessons. And a lot of them are abuse or forgiveness. or th- It's just amazing how people are like holding hands all of a sudden. Yeah. 
And that you just, I, were you just like, did you go, hey, honey, guess what? I'm a Nobel Peace Prize nominee. <laughs> I would like so grind that one in. Did you do? Did you? You know what? I'm. Um, that one's still a little bit like um, sacred, precious. I don't. I don't quite grasp it yet. Right. Um, it's. Uh, it's. That's a biggie. And um, yeah, that one's a biggie. Dr. Sean, you sound so much like me in certain in certain things. Like, tell me, what is like what is a favorite pastime for you? What do you like to do? Oh, you're gonna think it's funny. I am an avid Netflix watcher. Oh. Uh, um, I love formulaic television because I'm a television producer by trade. I right. love I love TV shows particularly that can have me forget I'm watching a TV show because I'm always looking at um, structure, you know, how are they juxtapositioning a shot. And when I fall in love with characters, I, I, I'm a huge Netflix fan. I'm a huge, you know, junkie of television. Huge. Oh, that's so fun because, you know, I understand because I've written and produced many commercials. And so I'll watch them and I'll be like, oh, oh they made me that, that was a bad angle. Oh, they should have. And people are like, shut yeah. up. Can you be quiet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and did, now you have to be honest with me because this is what, you know, this is what One Tough Mother is about. This is life lessons. Did everybody think you were a nutcase when you started all of this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. me too. In, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And even when um, when we were, because we, were, we raised money on Kickstarter is what we did. Okay. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing here? I remember sitting at my deck and I was mad at God. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? I'm working 18 hours a day to have this reach the 100,000. I don't know what to do. And I just want to say, screw it. And I said, the only way I'm going to continue, you know, like sometimes we make a deal. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The deal that I made, I said, okay, God, the only way I'm staying on this is if a Patronus walks up to me. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Right, right. And sure as the sun, I, a deer walked up to me within three seconds of that <gasps> Patronus. And I'm not kidding you. I have woods behind me. We get deer maybe once every two or three weeks a deer might show up. So it's not unusual to get a deer. And in that moment, I just said, okay, I'm, I'm bargaining with you. I'm moving forward, even though it doesn't feel good. Oh, my God. I don't God. know what to do next. That is the greatest because <laughs> I do that. I do one of these. I'll look up at the stars and I'll be like, okay, everybody thinks I'm out of it now. They think, oh, what is this, a midlife crisis? Wow, she closed a very successful you know, company to do this. Yeah. And she's yeah. making zero money. So what's with yeah. her? And I'll look up at the sky and I'll be like, am I dumb here? Are you guys telling me to stop? Am I doing something wrong here? The next thing I know, I get linked in by the the producer of CNN. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll hang in. I'm hanging for a few more minutes. <laughs> oh, I can so relate. <laughs> With my glass of wine acting all badass. <laughs> all right, I'm here. So, Dr. Sean, you have to tell me, what's next? What's next for you? What What crazy fun thing are you going to do next? Well, what's, well, getting the movie done, that's pretty exciting. Absolutely. And we're, get, we're getting ready to launch a nine-month program for veterans. That oh. probably is what lights me up the most. And we're getting really amazing companies getting inspired from Walmart to Adiant to Raytheon. Um, and we always incorporate that forgiveness training because as a leader, you take risks all the time in business. Right. And the game is how quickly can you forgive yourself? Right. That's the freaking game. 
and, um, and teaching those types of internal communication skills and external communication skills. The veterans are a biggie for me next. Yep. And that's really important because as a former Army wife, I mean, we were in yeah. military for most of my life. Um, as a former Army wife, it's hard when your spouse whether it's a husband or a wife is an active duty member and they're gone all the time and they come back and they're gone. And there's a lot of animosity. There's a lot of things that, that formulate into that. And I always thought to myself, I should go to base to base and talk to these women and help them because it's really tough for both the veteran and their, and their family members. So I think that's great. Well, let me know if I can help you any any way at all, please. You rock. You're awesome. Thank and you. you're welcome. And so tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, they need to come hang out on Project Forgive's Facebook page or check out our website, projectforgive.org or .com. And we are a 501c3. We are non-religious. We are nonpartisan. Sometimes when I come on interviews like this, I might talk about universe or God, but that's my own personal voice. Very rarely is that part of the the larger global conversation because we so honor that preciousness for everyone. Right, right. Everybody has their space and, and that's awesome. Yeah. And how about are you on Twitter? Oh yeah. Yep. What, what's your Twitter you, handle? Yeah, Twitter handle is project underscore forgive. Okay. And um, we do Facebook Live every Tuesday night. It is a hoot. Oh, and, that, I'm going to be uh, there. I will be doing one. Yep. I can't wait. So thank you a million times over. I can't even tell you. Thank you from the collective universe, number one. Thank you from Aww. the veteran standpoint, from, from children and from law enforcement and everyone around you. What you're doing is amazing, and you're an amazing woman. And I hope Aww, you continue. You. If you need any help at all, uh, reach out. I'd be happy to put anything out that you need to my to my network, friends and, and family. So please, Dr. Sean. And um, real quickly, I want to introduce to you Seth. Seth is our producer, and he's my co-host. And Seth, did you have something you wanted to ask? <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. I've uh, been uh, battling uh, a little under the weather. Um, with for- forgiveness, you know, how do you teach? How do you teach someone to forgive? Yeah. You it, and that it's such a what's the word? It's such a customized experience, and it depends where folks are at. If someone's like stuck, you ever just been stuck and you just see that person, and you want to kill them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm on the other end of that too. Sometimes, yes. Yeah, I totally get it. Well, when it's you, because the only thing you can control is you, right? Yes. When it's you, one of our um, we have a tool on our website. It's a meditation. And it's, it's like, a, when I say meditation, I may say that very lightly because it's like a two-minute audio, okay? And it's a repetitive conversation around forgiving yourself for not forgiving. And that's where usually where it starts when you're stuck. Like, I, like, I hate so-and-so. They're such jerks. And I'm going to forgive myself for not being able to forgive them. That's a beautiful way to start. That's really cool, uh, actually. Yeah, that's super that cool. cool. Yeah. And then I guess, from, for everybody. I guess from there, then you can work on forgiving them. Once yeah, you forgive you know yourself. What, what the biggest tool, you're spot on, Seth, and the biggest tool that we use, it's called accepting the apology you'll never receive. And it came from my neighbor. I have this neighbor that as soon as I see him, I'd roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, get me away from him. He just annoys me to no end, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, do. I have one. Do. Yeah, I have yeah. one of those. Yeah. And so what happened is I started pretending because here's the thing, however he experiences me, that's his experience of me, and that's who I'm being in life. And so to take responsibility for who I'm being, we started this, I started this thing of accepting the apology you never received. So as soon as I see him in my mind's eye, 
I pretend he's apologizing to me. And he's saying things like, oh, my gosh, as soon as I see you, Sean, I'm going to say the dumbest stuff. I have no social skills whatsoever. I say the most awkward things, the dumbest things. And the truth is I don't have the skills. And if I were better at it, I'd probably be able to talk differently to you. But then I get flustered around you and I get scared and I just really, really want you to like me. If I were to really be honest, I really want you to love me. And you guys see where I'm going with this? Oh, my gosh, that's great. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? Mm. And then I change. And now I actually like my neighbor. Oh, my gosh. That is real. Yeah. Do you have to forgive someone? I mean, do no. you really, if somebody really, really hurts you or or really, really affected you in such a negative way, everybody's like, whoa, if you don't forgive them, you know, you know you're never going to make it to wherever you have to make it. Do you have to? That's BS. Because here's the thing. We all have our definitions of forgiveness. You know, because people always ask me in interviews, have you forgiven, you know, your stepdad and molested you? Like, I don't know. Like, my answer would be, have I accepted it? Have I grieved it? I, yeah, for sure. So forgiveness can also mean acceptance. It could mean peace. The Like a classic definition of forgiveness, everybody has a different definition of it. And we get so locked into black and white thinking, and it doesn't serve anyone. And the game is to have internal peace, because you can still complete something with someone, not call it forgiveness at all, and have peace. It's right. all good. That's very good. I always say my, to myself, I'm just not going to let them have any more space in my head because it's not affecting them. It's affecting me. They don't know how I feel or they've been out of my life for so long that I'm just not going to let them have the space in my head anymore. That's a beautiful way to to describe forgiveness. Oh, that's you get to you get to say we get to say. Yeah, we get to say. Sean, I mean, Seth, that good? No, yeah, I like that. Thank you. Well, yeah, have, you're welcome. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, go outside and do some ice fishing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me know if they're biting. <laughs> and please, please, doctor, please be be a guest on our show whenever your your show comes oh, out. Anytime. Call us, let us know. Have Haley call us, and what we'll do is um, you can come on and talk about your show, and we'll we'll promote you anytime, anytime. I appreciate you, Seth. It was a delight to meet you. You have a sexy voice. Grandmas are allowed to say <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And Karen, it was a delight to meet you. You as well. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, and thank you again. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And today's show is brought to you by storyblocks.com it's the first stop for stock images video audio storyblocks.com is where you go to get high quality stock images video audio for a fraction of the cost can you believe it a fraction Seth you use this for a lot of your music beds right yeah it's uh, we use other companies were very expensive this is so cheap and but it's, I tell you the price is great but the better part of it is the quality of the videos and the audio I've used everything on there and the images too. It's it's just so much to choose from. It's, it's crazy. I think you have the numbers there, right? Four hundred thousand. Yeah, four hundred thousand images, yeah. one hundred and fifty thousand videos, a hundred thousand audio clips, plus unlock discount for millions more. The thing is, it's royalty free. To me, that's a big one because you of remember course. twenty years in advertising, uh, you you find something that they say is royalty free. It's not always royalty free. Okay, so that you get was a sued huge. Later. Yeah, mm. believe me, it's happened. But the content is awesome. Um, they have a triple bundle 
special. So if you go on there and look into it, it's, it's storyblocks.com. They're great. They, they've been with us for a few shows now, and we find them to be great, and we love their product. So check out storyblocks.com and tell them we sent you. Yeah. Okay, Seth, what do you got for headlines and headaches? Well, everyone's talking about... Um, Forget it, yeah. Yeah, the Golden Globes. We'll get into Oprah. Um, first, uh, Sterling K. Brown, the star of This Is Us. He had a great ex- acceptance speech. And, you know, I still haven't started watching that show yet, but I've heard such great it's, things I about like it. I like it. I do. I need to, I need to get on that. Uh, James Franco, who's just, he's been around for a long time, and it's great that he's uh, been recognized. And he won Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy for his performance in The Disaster Artist. Uh, Winona Ryder's uh, exquisitely produced L'Oreal commercial, rounding it out. Uh, Did you see that? Um, the L'Oreal commercial? I thought the commercials were as good as the Super Bowl commercials, actually. I'm just glad uh, Winona Ryder, she's in the Stranger Things, and I'm glad she, you know, she she's kind of someone who hit rock bottom and, and came back. She looks know? amazing, and she I think she she's amazing. Look, she hasn't aged a bit. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously, everyone's talking about Oprah's amazing acceptance speech for the Cecil D- B. DeMille Lifetime Achievement Award, which brought the house down, and then some. Uh, she effortlessly slid from her childhood, and she really painted a picture. She did. It was really touching. I watched it. I watched her speech yesterday again. Um, she talked about her childhood and talking about watching Cindy Portier win an Oscar for in 1964. Uh, you know, while her mother was bone tired from cleaning other people's houses, you know, uh, watching with her mother, she traced her own career rise and praised journalists for unearthing stories of corruption and abuse, and then effortlessly and instantly, uh, you know. Um, she she landed on the, the the plague of sexual harassment and shouted the battle cry of times up and and hashtag Me Too movements movements, uh, you know, it was it was it was such a uh, heartfelt and strong speech. She's um, so she's so she's so polished, and all I could say was bravo. It was like I, I, she's so perfect. And polished, she, did. she I polished. Yeah, I can understand why you're saying that, but also she's. To me, it's heartfelt. Oh, me too. Yeah. She, she she doesn't stand up there and read anything. She really just has it down, and she she really believes in what she's saying, and you can tell. And it says Oprah in twenty twenty, uh, and she you know she actually mentioned Stedman too. So, you know, if, if Trump can, he was a businessman, and he ran and he became president. Why Oprah's a businesswoman? I mean, well, what are your thoughts on that? Really, Oprah twenty twenty. Uh, you know. I, I was actually glad that Trump won only because I felt like the system was broken and needed to be like hit the bottom and be rebuilt back up because all the politicians to me were the same. I agree. So if it opens up, so you know, Oprah's like someone you would trust. This is, she built an empire. Right. An empire. I'm not against it. Me either. I'd pay attention to debates. I want to hear what people have to say. But um, she's just a, a likable person. You know, and the other side of this, I, I don't know, if I was thinking, debating whether or not to even go into this, but... I just noticed that uh, there's been a bunch of pictures posted of Oprah uh, very close with uh, Harvey Weinstein, just trying, I guess, to debunk her thing. And I, I, I don't know what she knew or didn't know. I'm not going to speculate that she knew what kind of person he was and still, like, you know, I, I wouldn't think she would do that. But, you know, people are trying to make it seem that way. Yeah, funny that the cry is out there, uh, Oprah. Well, everybody and, knew. That's the thing. Yeah, everybody yeah. knew. Maybe everybody didn't know. Time's yeah. up and uh, Oprah 2020. Now, all of a sudden, all these little pictures surface. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's fair. No. You know, it, maybe she did, but I, I like to think that she didn't. You know, it's it's a it's a mindset. Like, you know, we don't, nobody knows what really is the deal, but based on her track record and all the amount of people she's helped over the years, I'll give I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Oh right, me too. I love Oprah, and I yeah. think what she's done is amazing. And I I would definitely vote for Oprah. I would. I think she's got a lot to say. She knows how to delegate, and she's she's very um, 
deep into issues that are that are important to this country. You know, all right, let's, let's move on. Yeah. Best of luck to Oprah. Um, yeah. In California, I lived in California for a year, and uh, I loved it. And I didn't like it. Yeah. I've been I've I loved spent it. a lot of time out there. Don't like it. It was um, it was just really peaceful uh, peaceful for me. It was just the right time for me to be there. Um, but it's really sad that just California's and, and this was happening when I was there ten years ago too, like the wildfires and everything. And now there's you know thousands had to evacuate over the threat of mudslides. It's like unbelievable. Haven't you heard this since you were a kid yes. that California one day is just going to fall into the yes. ocean, right? Yes. And like you know sometimes you see these things with the earthquakes and the wildfires and the mudslides. Like, maybe it will. Right. Yeah. You know, God, God forbid. I hope it does. It's the San Andreas fault. Under right there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the storm is the West Coast's first significant winter storm of the season. Heavy rain, strong winds are expected in the area through Tuesday, bringing strong potential for flash flooding and mud in areas where Ugh. wildfires recently burned through, according to Santa Barbara County officials. So that's up in uh, um, Santa Barbara is like two hours north of Los Angeles. I, I drove through there too. I did the whole. I did too. The Highway five hundred one drive. Me, yep. Yeah. I rented a car by myself and. Did it. It's just so beautiful. I rented a car and did it, and it was mm. awesome all the way to the top. And yeah, stop and took I my went time. Down. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It definitely was fun. But uh, we, we hope uh, you know people are try to be safe and get out. If they tell you to evacuate, get out. Evacuate. Yeah, that's not. Uh, you ain't no tough mother. Stay in there. Get out. Here's something interesting. My my inner child would uh, really be interested <laughs> in this. Is um, Hershey and Ferrero battle for Nestle. Both Hershey and Ferrero have placed final bids for Nestle's U.S. candy business, CNBC reports. The unit, which includes brands such as Butterfinger. Oh, I love Butterfinger. Me too. And I try to, you know, that's, mm. that's my weak candy of choice. I don't I, I don't seek it out, but if it's there, mm. I'll eat it. And Laffy Taffy, which I'm not such a big Me fan either. of. Uh, it's estimated to be valued at $2 billion to $2.5 billion. Uh, sources told the publication the road is getting rockier for the sweets industry as health-conscious consumers increase, increasingly turn to less sugary alternatives. I don't buy that. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. There's always... Um, we, this whole... Especially our country, if not the world, has a sugar addiction. So I think companies make... Uh, they adapt and they'll, they'll make healthier versions of stuff. You even right. see that with fast food. But it's not... They're, they're not in trouble. No. No, I don't believe that either. <laughs> no. Uh, this is interesting, too. The best cities for finding a job. Yeah, that was weird, right? I thought that was crazy. Yeah. If if you want to maximize your chances of scoring a new job, you're not going to want to focus on the uh, the country's largest cities, New York, Los Angeles, or Chicago, according to a report by CNBC. Citing data from uh, WalletHub, these cities do not fall into the top 10 cities to find jobs. Boston and San Francisco do, though. But the top city for job opportunity is Chandler, Arizona, followed by Scottsdale, Arizona. Looks like the Grand Canyon State could be the place to be. I love Arizona. You ever been? No, I I've driven there. through a little bit, but I would never. I didn't spend any time. I like there. it because the south is the desert and the north is the mountains. Yeah, and as you go, it's just I loved it. I loved living there. Um, yeah, I, w- I would guess that New York, L.A., and Chicago is just it's too much competition. So much competition to get right. the jobs to come open. That's the problem. Right. Um, let's move on. Yeah. New research found that 46% of multivitamins fail to live up to their promises. I've said this for years. I've said this for years. I've said this for right. years. Right. This does not surprise me. Mm-hmm. I've heard the same thing. Like, you know, a multi can't do everything. If You, you need to kind of, there's. I don't want to get open the whole can of worms, but there's different ways you go about finding what's best for you or what you need or what you're deficient in if you really want to know. It was brainwashing to sell. Eat your vitamins, okay? Yeah. Eat fruit and vegetables. Boom. Well, there's, there are some supplements that I believe in that are, that are good, but okay. you know, and you could also, you know, what else is too? Not all thi- not all things are created equally. There's another guy I work with on the podcast, and he has an expression. He says, "Cheap is expensive," 
if you're thinking about a cheap multivitamin or cheap anything, you're going to get what you pay for most, more times than not. If you do right. your research and, and really dive in and see what works, you'll, if you're really interested in that and not just looking to chew a gummy, right. you know, you might find something that works. They so. actually say not to not to get the gummies, not to, and it, but you know the whole thing is. Um, you got to be a label reader. And I hate to yep. say that, but you do. You have to compare labels. And you have to know how much filler's in a product. I mean, there's a lot to it. They compress those tablets with filler. I mean, there's a lot going on. Yes. Yeah, so do your research on your own. Don't, don't just grab something off the, off the shelf and shove it in your throat. <laughs> right? All right. This one we got is, is a headline and a headache. Okay. Uh, it was late November and former Intel Corp engineer Thomas Pressure was enjoying beers and burgers with friends in Dresden, Germany, when the conversation turned ominous, ominously to semiconductors. Months earlier, cybersecurity researcher Anders Foe had, had posted a blog suggesting a possible way to hack into chips powering most of the world's computers, and the friend spent part of the evening trying to make sense of it. The idea nagged at Pressure, so when he got home, he fired up his desktop computer and set about putting a theory into practice. At 2 a.m., a breakthrough. He strung together code that reinforced Foe's idea and suggested that there was something seriously wrong. My immediate reaction was, it can't be true. It can't be true, Pressure said. Last week, his worst fears were proved right when Intel, one of the world's largest chip makers, said all modern processors can be attacked by techniques dubbed Meltdown and Spectre, exposing crucial data such as passwords and encryption keys. The biggest technology companies, including Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Amazon, are rushing out fixes for PCs, smartphones, and servers that power the internet. And some have warned that their solutions may dent performance in some cases. Yuck. Hello. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe that. First of all, you always heard about the black holes, right? That that developers would build a black hole into a program that they could get in through. I've always heard that. Yuck. Now, of course, come on. It, it, the industry moves so quickly. You could not have fail-safed everything. No. So, well, there it is. All right. I'm, 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 getting off the, I'm getting off the web. Yeah, get off the web. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Now go to back to the web. <laughs> <laughs> now back to the web. Google memo author files lawsuit. James Damore, an engineer fired by Google for writing a controversial memo about women in tech. Oh, I remember this Remember? Guy. We had Jackass. this on the show, yeah. Yeah, is suing the company in a class action lawsuit. Damore, along with fellow plaintiff, former Google, Google engineer David uh, Goodman, filed the suit which alleges that Google discriminates against white male conservatives, according to TechCrunch. Oh, please. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had it. Sorry. Oh, please. Uh, Google fired Damore for promoting harmful gender stereotypes after his memo was leaked to the media in the summer of 2017. The law lawsuit also alleges that Google systematically discriminates against those with views of which managers disapprove and conducts illegal hiring practice to bolster the number of women and minorities in the company. That might be true, but I don't know. You... Some attorney called this guy and right. was like, hey, kid, I can make a couple bucks for us. Maybe. I get 65%, you get the rest. But, you know, Or some of it may be true. We don't know, but the fact, that the, the fact remains what you did was wrong. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and you deserve to be fired, so... But you're a smart guy, an engineer. I'm sure you get a job somewhere else. Change your name. Do something. <laughs> so that's it for headaches yes. and headlines. And it's always good to uh, get that out of the way because we had a lot of headaches with the internet today. And again, it's brought to you by Storyblocks.com. Storyblocks.com. 400,000 images, 150,000 videos, 100,000 audio clips, all there for you for one price. Check it out. It's storyblocks.com. That's where we go for a lot of our stuff. And we're on to the Tough Mother Mail. Tough Mother Mail. And it's the Seth. You've got mail number one. I do. You got it. Fine. Dear One Tough Mother and Brother. Okay. Yeah, and Brother. 
I have I'll put pro- that on the website. <laughs> I have a problem that I can't tell anyone about. I am addicted to laxatives. Immediately, you might want to laugh at that, but it's not funny. And I, and I think I've heard of this before, so I'm going to continue. <laughs> I am 58 years old, and I've been taking laxatives to lose or keep my weight down since I was in high school. Yeah. That's a long time yeah, to be yeah, doing yeah. laxatives. That's what, uh, 40 years of laxatives. Holy cow. Wow. Sorry, I keep interrupting the letter. Back then, all the girls I knew took X-lax. They were packaged like a little chocolate bar and really flushed you out. From there, I went to other brands that were pills, liquids, and even enemas and suppositories. The only time I did not use a product to flush out uh, food out of my body was during my pregnancies. I have three children. I have kept this such a secret even my husband of 36 years doesn't know. Wow. Wow. He has seen me take these products and questioned me once or twice why, but I always come back with a quick, I'm just having a bit of a bloating right now from not drinking enough water or holiday eating. Mother, after all these years, I am beginning to notice certain side effects. My skin and hair are thinning. I have a lot of wrinkles, and I I get seriously painful stomach cramps if I don't take them. I've tried to wean off this crap, but it is not possible. I must have them. How ridiculous does that sound? Like I am a heroin junkie or a crackhead. What should I do? I am scared. Sick but slim. Uh, so here we go. First of all, taking laxatives, whatever you, besides the food that you have in your body or the junk or whatever, all the good stuff was just flushed out. The probiotics right. yeah, in your body. Everything. Yeah. The vitamins, the, the nutrients, yeah. the good bacteria. So you did this for how long did you figure it out? 40, 40 years. 40 years. Yeah. And you're now having serious cramping. I would think the serious cramping is because- You're lucky you're still alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think your body's probably so dehydrated. Again, when you take a lot of laxatives, you get dehydrated, right? I mean, your body gets really dehydrated. Yeah, of course. So I would think that has a lot to do with the serious cramping. Here's the deal. there You can tell someone, and it better be your doctor. Absolutely. You need to immediately go to your doctor and say, look, this is what's been going on. He has no right to judge you. He needs, he's there to help you. So... And if it's a doctor you don't, your regular doctor you don't want to tell, then find another doctor, a female doctor. But do something and tell someone now. You're a wife and a mother. It's like, you know, you have responsibility to yourself and to your family. You're right. Take care of yourself. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, you know, it's it's tough enough to make it through life, um, but you never want to see it happening unnecessarily if something could have been done to avoid, you know, dying. Right. Like, yeah, you you could maybe what you could have a tear in your stomach or something from this yes. it's really bad You're very painful too yeah so please please see your doctor um i've got the number two which is dear one tough mother how do i know if a co-worker is interested in me he's a single father i'm a single mother he's 31 i'm 35 he has a seven-year-old daughter i have a five and a half year old daughter he's raising his daughter alone i'm raising my daughter alone he likes sports, comedies, and hiking. I like sports, comedies, and hiking. He doesn't drink or smoke. I don't really drink and never smoke. He comes to me for advice on raising his little girl, and I try to help. I'm over the top about him, and he acts like he's interested, I think. How do I know if he's interested without damaging my work relationship with him? P.S. I've tried suggesting we get our girls together, and he acts like he's all for it, but he never commits. Confused. That was gonna be my my first suggestion was to get you know have a play date. Okay, dude, you're the dude. How is she doing it? <sighs> well, I wonder why he doesn't commit with the with the girls. That seems a little that that threw me off. That last part of it. So she she suggests uh, get the girls together, and he acts like he's for it, but never commits. Try mm-hmm. to set a date. I guess the first thing I would say is try to set a date, or if not, just say, hey, you want to get go out to lunch? You know, go to lunch and talk. You know, right. just, just 
communicate. Get to know. Like it sounds like you guys know each other pretty well already. So, I don't know. You know what I mean? She knows all these things he likes and everything, and he comes to her for advice. And you know, just just continue that friendship. Try to build it. Go. I'd say go out to lunch. You know, I think women sometimes don't want to be the one to be to step up and and you know. I think she. I think she did the right thing asking about the girls getting together, but. Just be a little more, a little bit more aggressive. Right. That's what I'd say. And, and, you know, people get, this is a whole other subject, right, about uh, dating at work and everything else. And it's a touchy subject. But, you know, because some people don't get the signals right or they, you know, they, they, right. they harass or they upset people. I don't, I don't see that here. I see people, these two are, who kind of have a lot in common and, you know, just be his friend and, and you know, see what happens from there. You know, go to lunch, maybe and go to a movie, you know. Right. Take the girls to the playground if you can. Right. The, the other question I have is this, because you're a guy, and I'm going to ask you now. So I'm her. You're asking me stuff. We're kind of like talking about the stuff we like and having all these conversations. And he's like, you know, seeking me out to ask my advice on his daughter. And there's a lot of other people at work he could talk to. And I'm sure, sure he talks to his buds or so whatever he the likes, case might he be. He likes her. Is that it? Does but, he Does he? But like we don't her? know if he likes her. He might just respect her and like her and know that she's in a similar situation and she's a woman. And maybe he doesn't have a, a good relationship with the mom because he's raising this daughter alone. Right. So we don't know if it's romantic. And maybe he's not ready or maybe he got burned really bad. You right, know? right, so right. There's, uh, there's, there's a lot we don't know about it. But she sounds like she's done the right thing as far as like, they're friends. Yeah. It sounds like they have a relationship. So just try to keep building that relationship slowly. And, and see if it where it goes. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think and you should take but your she's, time. She's getting anxious though because she she really likes. Him. Yeah, she said she's so, over the top about right, it, which so. makes you know I, I I understand and recognize the anxiousness, which makes it harder. Yeah. But just you know, take a breath. You know, <laughs> breathe. It's true. Re- relax and and you know, take your time with it because people do get scared away. Yeah, you can scare someone away. So it sounds like you you two like each other. Maybe he's not ready. Maybe he has to go really slow. But just you know, try to try to figure out even at work or go to lunch or try to spend a little more time with him, and you know, and go from there. Like you said too, and try to keep working that kid angle as well. Yeah, I hate to say angle because that makes it like you have a. But it's true. Yeah. Okay, brother, do it. Hit mm. the next one. All right. Wow. Okay, dear mother, I suck at everything. I don't have friends. I suck at outdoor stuff. I suck at being on Facebook. I suck at singing. I suck at painting. I suck at dancing. I don't care about music, and I hate sports. The only thing I like to do is read, and I read a lot. My mom and dad are pressuring me to get involved with real life, join some clubs, make some friends, but I'm not interested. What should I do? Oh, boy. You know what? I'm with your mom and dad. You know, okay, so you think you suck at all this stuff, and maybe in your brain you do suck at all of it, and I can't imagine you suck at everything you think, but you can't you can't live your life on the pages of a book. You have to start interacting with people. And as you grow up, it's tough, and you don't always run into the right person that has the right attitude or wants to interact with you, but you got to give it a shot. you got to interact with people. It's hard to, I don't know, I look at this and I feel like there's like something deeper there but we we know we don't have much to go on um and like i tell my kids too from from more of a a topical thing i tell my kids like if you want to be good at something you have to practice right right if you like you suck at these things but do you want to be good at those things you know that's the thing do you enjoy them that's what people have to realize you don't have to be great at something to enjoy it and if you want to be good at something and maybe eventually great you have to put the time in and uh also with the books reading a lot there's nothing wrong with that too 
but you could also turn that into maybe you join a book club or you know maybe you start writing right I think someone who likes to read a lot maybe they can start writing i know that's not very social well she said she but, sucks at writing so oh she said writing too i think she just feels no, like not she... writing no, oh not, okay not writing. not writing um facebook uh she sucks at facebook oh, okay but i said it's a girl how do I, I don't know if it's a girl or not do i i shouldn't assume that um yeah i think writing might open up their to whatever's like holding them back that 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 big, you know, weight that's holding this person back. Maybe writing will help, you know, writing about a journal or something else or a diary. Um, but yeah, if you like something though, because they're saying they suck. They say they say they don't they don't care about music or and they hate sports. But they say they suck at the other stuff. But if you enjoy it, do it anyway. And right. the parents should be taking her out, taking her him him or her out to enjoy outside and just open open yourself up to possibilities. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid that you might not be good at something. It's okay. You know, just do do what you enjoy doing and you will feel a lot better. And you'll keep reading too because there's nothing wrong with reading. You just need to round it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just don't yeah, just don't immerse yourself into the pages of a book and do nothing else. You really have to to have some kind of socialization to really to find out things that you do like and things that you are good at that you don't realize because right. people people bring things to the table. So, you know, get out there a little bit and maybe like Seth said, maybe go to the public library, right? There's other people that love to read there. Maybe you'll meet someone that you'll really have in, something in common with. I feel like this person's very young. Yeah I, yeah, I actually did too. Yeah. Okay, so if you have a question, and we just put it up bigger on my website because people were like, I can't find it. So Christine, who is the bomb as far as I'm concerned, takes care of my website. She put it up bigger. If you have a question, go to onetoughmother.com and it's right there. Click on it. Ask us a question. We'll be happy to answer. We're always there for you. And make sure that if you if you're worried about something, you write it out to us and you give us as much detail as possible. That way we can make a, a pretty good, you know, discussion about it. Because it is tough mother and tough brother advice. So today's mother says is, you never know how strong you truly are until being strong is the only choice you have. And that's so true. You never know how strong you truly are until being strong is the only choice you have. So think about that. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. We have another incredible guest and we can't wait to bring him in. Seth, have a great week. You too. Bye.